undefeated in fantasy wrestling? It feels pretty great because I didn't know how I was doing and I'm really excited about it. So we'll see. What's, uh, what are your plans this summer in November? Cool. What do you want to Hey, he's doing, I mean, he's doing great, but part of me's like, shut up. <laughs> Dude, I feel that. But he's so good. He is, he's good. So I mean, good. he's getting better. The more you do something, the better you're going to get at it. And he's not being like, he's not going over the line like some people did in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those gifts he was posting today were hilarious. That, that was Nick at first. Yeah? Yeah, I was laughing pretty hard. Who do we have here on the conference call here? Andrew's here. Andrew's behind the curtain. Logan, right. here. Logan you're here. Katie, are you here? Nope, Katie's not here yet. <laughs> All right. I, I tell you, we, we need that cricket sound effect. I know. I've got my my little uh, sound box somewhere around here. Those are always fun to play with. That's always good to put, you know, somebody that was like super goofy that was on the podcast that would just, you know what I'm saying? It just went along perfect. There she is. How are you doing tonight, Katie? What? How are you doing tonight? How are you guys? We're all pretty good. Um, Did anybody watch WrestleMania 12? And if you didn't, it's cool if you just remember certain things about it. I kind of gazed over it. You watched it all? Yeah. I watched pretty much all of it. Uh, I had to... I had to go in. I didn't get to finish the Iron Man, but I've seen like I've seen the Iron Man a million times. Y'all know I'm a big Bret Hart mark. And, oh yeah, uh, that's all I could think of the whole time I was watching it. <laughs> hey, I want to. I'm telling you, I tried to grow my hair out like Bret Hart, and I don't have hair like <laughs> Bret Hart, so it turned into like a mushroom cut, like a almost a chili bowl in a way, or a butt cut. It was awful, a right. terrible, but I. I wanted to be like Brett. Well, I where think, he really I had, think I would, I think where I he really had to draw the line was wearing the pink tops for school. Hey, it's pink and black, buddy, and real men wear pink. He didn't wear <laughs> Shawn Michaels stripper pants down in the ring and that stupid little hat that Shawn used to wear. I'm telling you, I just couldn't get into Shawn. Leave Shawn Michaels alone. Let's get, let's get, let's just go ahead and get into this Iron Man match then. Let me just put my thoughts out there, and then everybody else share their thoughts on this. Okay, so as a kid, I'm a big Bret Hart fan, and so is my stepbrother. We save up our allowance, and we get this on pay-per-view. We knew Sean was going over just by the way WWE was pushing Sean, but we're like, man, are they really going to put the bell on Sean, and how can Sean be a baby face? And Bret left after this match and tried to work the pe- boys in the back. Um as far as like, okay, well, me and Sean really do have heat. Both of us want to be the top guy. 
And at the end of this match, here's a little Easter egg. Supposedly you can you can see Brett kind of like laying in the ring and Sean's trying to do the big pose and everything, just won the belt. And supposedly Sean, this kind of may have started the spark a little bit. Sean says, whispers in Brett's ear, get the fuck out of my ring. I've heard that story. When, when I hear, and, 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 and Brett's like, and Brett and everybody's like, oh, it was all right. I understand he wanted his moment. Uh, but that right there just tells you what a fucking prick Shawn Michaels used to be. Absolutely best performer, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. Top five performer all time. There's no doubt. He's one of the best sellers ever. Good on the mic. Just great offense. Everything about him is, is great. But behind the curtain, so to speak, dude was an asshole. Let's just face it. All right. I mean, you know, when you're Vince McMahon's boyfriend, you can get away with that kind of stuff. Oh, well, we're going to have to have Nick on. <laughs> Nick, Nick believes. Shots have been that, fired. Listen, listen, as a kid, I was super creeped out the way Vince was announcing when Sean was like on top, when he was like the the main eventer, the face of the company. It was disgusting. I know that was poor choice of words, but listen to me. Yeah, it really was. Okay, listen. He, he has a match at some point. I don't remember. I can't remember what match it was. And I'm watching as a kid, and me and my buddy are just like, oh, this is weird. He gets up on the table, the announce table, and, sh- and Vince is announcing. And he starts, like, doing his little stripper dance and everything. And and Vince is just, like, looking at him like this sick, nasty old man, right? And he's just like, oh, yeah, look at him go, yeah. Just like, oh, it was just the creepiest damn thing. And I was like, I'm trying to remember what age I was. I was probably, like, 11, 12 years old. It was very homoerotic and very alarming. And then Nick sent me some footage from the Hall of Fame where they were kissing on each other and stuff. And I'm telling you, if Nick ever wants to do a podcast about that, if he's got uh, what he calls proof or whatever, I'm happy to do a podcast on that because I want to know more about it because there was something something weird going on there. But to get back on track, what did you guys think? Oh, I didn't mean, to, didn't mean to distract us that much. Yes. Stone, what did you think of the Iron Man match? You're a fan of old school wrestling. This was a pretty old school match. Uh, and no doubt about it. And, you know, but I thought the first, the first 15, 20 minutes or so, and I didn't really pay that much attention to the timing, but it, it was a little slow because they were just going from arm bar to arm bar to arm bar to headlock right. to, to arm bar to headlock. And I can remember as a kid. Being yeah. Bored. And, and yeah, and and it was it was a little boring. But then suddenly they just kind of flipped the switch, and I mean it was all the stuff I love. Guys going off the ropes, you know, they're running around the ropes, they're bouncing off. You're getting hip tosses, you're getting drop kicks, you're getting, you know, they're taking some serious bumps. And um, I, I thought it was a great match. I absolutely Were you did. a fan of did uh, Brett they, win you over after the Iron Man a little bit more? Because I know you're 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 pretty. Uh, WCW, NWA, Jim Crockett, like... Oh, no, I absolutely am. But by the same token, I mean, you know, I would still look... I mean, you know, of course, this was this was in the... This was, you know, Monday Nitro and all that kind of stuff. So I, I wasn't really watching... I certainly wasn't watching WWF, WWE pay-per-views at that point. But I was, you know, I was catching some stuff on Monday nights. And, 
you know, and whenever else they were broadcasting. So I, I was definitely, I definitely was very aware of his talent, both he and he and Sean. And um, I thought he, I, I thought it was a damn good match. And, and like you say, I it's, it's full of old. I mean, it it is all kinds of old school. People who argue with me, well, Brett, I don't know about Brett. You want a fan? I'm like, look, Kevin Nash had his greatest match ever with Bret Hart. Scott Hall had his greatest match ever with Bret Hart. British Bulldog had his greatest match ever with Bret Hart. My opinion, Undertaker's had one of his best matches with Bret Hart. I'll, I'll say the, Bret, the Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, and a couple other Undertaker matches are better. But most, he got the best out of everybody. And then when you put Shawn, who's a similar talent, who got the best out of everybody, yeah, I mean, it was just... To me, those guys were like peanut butter and jelly. They just went together. Uh, Katie, how, how did you feel about the Iron Man? Um, I, I, first of all, my internet sucks. Second of all, I have four kids, so I was kind of interrupted a couple of times watching it. Right. But, um, I was not interrupted for the Undertaker match. Oh boy! So she, you're an Undertaker mark. I'm a Bret Hart mark. I'm I'm sure y'all are surprised that I watched the Undertaker. That match. was a good match. I um, love the um, oh, I love the ending of I, it, especially like, where Diesel was just like continued to jackknife him, and then I don't know. I I, I dug it. I thought it was pretty I, good, and I'm I, not a big Diesel I love, fan. I love when the Undertaker. I love when the Undertaker does something unexpected. And you kind of expect The Undertaker to do something unexpected, but you're not entirely certain what that unexpected thing is going to be. So uh, when he sat up at one point and he had a, a chokehold on Diesel, and he basically, like, stands up while holding Diesel, and then he choke slams him, I was like, oh, man, that's totally Undertaker. And, and, and he was asked to, to do the honors for Undertaker because – he had already gave his notice in. He was fixing to leave towards WCW at the time. And, of course, Kevin Nash had no problems uh, putting over The Undertaker. Uh, as nobody, yeah. I don't think anybody ever has. Um, let's, uh, Logan, what, uh, what, what did you take away from the Ironman match? And were you watching at the time? I mean, how did you feel about Brett? And Shawn Michaels, you've told me you're a pretty big Brett fan, but how big of a Brett fan were you? Well, I was uh, I was watching at the time. Um, I watched this live on pay per view myself, bootleg, but you know, still watched it, watched it live. Um, but my thing about the Iron Man match is this: I mean, and and there's been a few since then. But uh, it was the original Iron Man match that I saw. And you had it wind up being in overtime, and it came down to one pinfall. If you had an Iron Man match in the 50-50 booking that you have now, it would be so many pinfalls. Yeah. Because, you know, it would be just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and it would just be down to... Whatever. Well, that's what I thought of the Iron Man match, like 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 art almost, and a good story that neither one of these guys could be pinned because you kept wondering like who's gonna like who's gonna get pinned, who's gonna submit. Like they're booking these guys both really really strong, 
And then, you know, the overtime thing, I, I was really pissed as a Brett fan. I'm like, okay, match is over. And then they're like, no, they got any, yeah, I understood why they had to do it. But then when he came back, I knew it was like, okay, here it is. Damn it. When I went, when I went to watch the Iron Man match again, uh, for like the fifth time, I don't know. Um, and I skipped to it. I hadn't realized how much of that WrestleMania 12 was the Iron Man match. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, yeah. it was over an hour. And I was like, how are these guys going to do this? And I, I admit, at one point, I skipped to all the way at the end, and I backed up like 20 minutes because I was like, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch all of this. Um. But it's an acquired taste, so almost. That that style of wrestling, it, it's uh, yeah. it's an acquired taste, and it's uh, you don't see it much these days. You will see it. European style is 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 a little like that. Uh, there's a little bit more chain wrestling involved, but you know it, it's 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 different. It was different, and as a kid, I didn't really dig it. As a kid, older I got, I could appreciate it more, and the story that they told throughout the match. Uh, that that you know Brett had been dogging Sean that he was a high flyer and that he was he would he would crush the lucha style that he that he's bringing to the table and the high flying and that his technical style was right. better and then Sean surprises him through a lot of the match he still incorporates the high flying but he he does a technical match Sean shows that he could be a technical wrestler as well and he out wrestles Brett and at the very end of the match. Uh, let's Shelby. Look, so, so who in the who in the company today could pull off a sixty minute Iron Man match? Oh, that would take some thought. I, I do and think I struggle. I struggle to come up with one name. I think AJ and Seth could probably pull it off. Um, not to okay. say that it would that it would drag in some part. AJ and Seth. Yes. Okay, I think endurance-wise, I think those two are the closest thing you could probably get to an entertaining uh, Ironman match without them being gassed and without doing so many finishes. I'll yeah. tell you somebody that I think could be in that uh, that might surprise you, and that'd be Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, see that. We, I can see that. Too. Yeah, it's just the interest level for a Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler has said in right. interviews that his dream match would to be to have an Iron Man match with Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. So, I, and that match would absolutely steal the show. But there's just they beat Dolph. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I don't see Daniel Bryan doing it. I don't yeah. see him being able to do it successfully. I think he could do an Iron Man match, especially with his technical wrestling, but. Uh, the interest for a Daniel Bryan. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I just said I'm with you, with Andrew on the Daniel Bryan thing. I I do not mark out over Daniel Bryan. I'm you know, I, I think Bryan. it was before when he before he had the beard. Something about him, like everybody liked him. I'm like, I just don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. And then it was like, the more the WWE tried to keep him down, the more I got into him. I was like, well, this guy can go, and they're not letting this guy go. Uh, the interest... Well, and that's just, and that's not, I'm, not, I'm not building my, my... My opinion's not based on his personality, on his character. I, my my opinion's built on his on his in-ring performance. 
I think his in-ring performance is okay. Let me let me get some guy on his knees in the middle of the uh, of the ring, and then I'm going to kick him for about. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me back up to that. That is WWE style. They they give all these guys who were outstanding everywhere else, and even in NXT to a certain degree, and they say, "Here's your five moves. Work them in in every match." You do. You see with Finn Balor. World renowned Finn Balor. And they Ballard. are killing the product in the process. Yes, and that's why their matches are just so, they just come off so scripted. Oh, here's the spot. Finn Balor drop kicks him in the corner. Oh, that sets up for the his finisher, the double foot stomp, the, what do they call it? The Somebody help me out. Curb stomp. No, not the curb stomp. That's mm-hmm. Seth Rollins. I forget what it's called. Oh, Coup I'm sorry. Oh, the, the Coup de Gras. Yeah, that's it. Okay, okay. So then it just sets up with that. He does that sling blade move, um, and there's like, oh, and he does the 1916, which is like a, it almost looks like a, a scorpion death drop, where he, but he picks him up and slams him. He's got five or six moves, and everybody's like, oh, he's the greatest thing ever. Do. I'm like, well, he was great in Japan when he had like, you know, 20 to 30 different moves, and they, they let him do other stuff besides these five moves. And that's what they've done with Daniel Bryan. It's the kick in the chest. It's the flying knee. It's the label lock. It's the drop kick into the turnbuckle. Uh, and it's the foot stomp. They've let them do that now. And that's all they give them. Well, don't you know, Trey, that he every set of moves has to have some type of tagline that they can say throughout the entire match instead of actually yeah. doing play-by-play commentary. Yeah, and then you got Cole. He's yeah. the worst about it. Ugh. Michael Cole. That's a, but that's a good point. The commentary sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Because it's not commentary. It's script reading. Yeah. Did anybody happen to catch Vic Joseph on Raw um, a couple weeks ago? No. No. He was an announcer from 205, I think, 205 Live. It was so nice not hearing Corey Graves and Renee Young. Poor Corey. He's really, to me, Corey is not that bad. But it's oversaturation. It's like, okay, Corey's doing a good job. Let's put him on every damn show we've got. You know, and it's like, yeah. I mean, obviously he's going to wear on the audience when you're, you've got him on every single show. Um, you know, speaking of commentary, what did y'all think of the commentary uh, during WrestleMania 12? Okay, wait. Before we go into that, let me say one thing about what you just said. You put Jim Ross on every single wrestling show there is, and he's doing commentary. I'm good. Yeah, but Lo- Logan, 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 Jim Ross is doing color, so he's not playing so much of the characters. I mean, it's, yeah, you got his hat and everything, and he's like the good guy announcer or whatever, but he's doing color, so he's just putting over the product. Corey plays a heel Bobby the Brain Heenan, Jerry this King Lawler style heel character. You just can't. It's just oversaturation. Of course, and also, Jim Ross is the greatest announcer probably of all time, and I would think most people's opinion. I mean, you, you can put Gordon Soley and, and some others in, in that talk, but of course Jim Ross is going to be on Grey on every show. I would love to see Jim Ross on every show. But go ahead. Well, we can talk about talent, talent not getting over, and how much talent got over to fans just because of how JR would call their matches? 
And then you sure. look at the yeah. commentary you have now. Absolutely. It's totally different. Well, Corey, Corey puts totally people I like somebody. Corey puts people over. It's just it's the way they try to put a over, I guess. Um, Cole. Every single move is the greatest thing. Every oh character God, is the yeah. most devastating, and it's it's sickening. Well, they did they did that back in the day. Every pay per view was the greatest event ever. I remember if Tony Schiavone was the yeah. one. Oh, well, oh, but, but that but that's different. The greatest. That, that's talking about the event. That, that's expected. Sport. Yeah. But that right. but that's 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 the circus aspect of it. It's every single move is oh my god. Yeah. You know. I mean, how many times did you ever I, hear JR say, Oh my god, they broke him in half? Yeah, it was it was on really, right, right. It had been a hot show and a hot angle for for Jim. Oh know. my god, I think they killed him. Because it's what? like Jim Ross is watching it's like a fan watching and that's what comes over and then Soli was great as well. But this commentary team at WrestleMania 12, uh, I liked as a kid, but going back and watching it, damn, Vince McMahon. He was, I don't know what it is, and his voice tone, like his tone changes so much, and his voice. Yeah, he talks like this. There's one, two, and three. He's got them all. Oh, no, no, he doesn't have He doesn't. Yes, like that. And you can hear it in Cole. You know that Cole is what exactly he wants an announcer to be. What were you saying, Katie? Uh, that was a ridiculously good impression. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of is. It's kind of yeah. spot on. Um, yeah, I've been told that before. Uh, Logan does a, also does a great impression of Vince McMahon. <laughs> um, you know, Jerry Lawler is great, though. Jerry Lawler's one-liners are just – I wish I had wrote a couple and of he is. that I heard. He's, he's no, he's no – nobody does that. Bobby that Green role better than Bobby the Brain he's did. He's the greatest ever. But Lawler, Lawler did a good job, and at least you know we weren't to the to the era of puppies and all that. Oh, uh, yeah, that's when Jerry Lawler to me. Yeah, that's when even you know before we got different as a culture, and it was accepted for him to act like that. Even as a kid, man, a teenager, it gave me the creep. I don't know something about it. It just always bothered me. I'm like, God, man! Every time a girl comes out, he has to scream puppies every single time. I mean, he sounds like a freaking oh yeah, fourteen year old kid. You know, I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah. Um. Any who? Okay. Uh, oh, go ahead, Shelby. You're comparing um, a minute ago, Chris uh, Graves and and his heel character versus. Jerry Waller and his heel character. I think one thing that helped tremendously with the fact that Jerry was a heel announcer was that it was a two-man booth. There wasn't mm-hmm. so many. I love the um, two-man booth. I'm not a fan of the three. Yes. Yeah, I think that helps a lot when you've got a heel announcer. I don't know. I mean, Jason Ventura and Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and even Vince McMahon, Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon. Bobby the Brain Heenan and Jim Ross, Bobby the Brain Heenan and Tony Schiavone. Um, Jim Ross with just about anybody. Uh, I thought Jim Ross and Paul Heyman were a great commentating team at one time. When Heyman did a good job. Him. I'm not going to argue with that. Um, and Jim and uh, Jim has said many times that he enjoyed working with Paul Heyman. On Paul Heyman's DVD on the network, Paul also talked about how much he learned just working with Jim Ross and how – the two went, worked very well together. I, I absolutely love Jim Ross, and I love his podcast. Um, he is so honest. He doesn't bullshit you like 
Bruce Pritchard or or Eric Bischoff's <laughs> podcast, they will totally or he's not like Shivani. I don't know, I wasn't the booker, you know. I mean he's he just does not bullshit. He's just like, Well, Meltzer wrote this, well, he's probably right. You know, I mean Jim Ross just doesn't even care. And he, <laughs> he even craps on all those times as a kid watching and I bet Logan's probably heard this one. Um they made fun of him so much and they bullied him so bad. I'm like, well, I guess he's okay with it. I guess they're just working me. Well, then I hear his podcast and he's like, you know, he was pretty much, he was pissed about it. He's just like, they just, they love poking fun at me and da, 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 da. And I don't understand why they did that when they drafted him to SmackDown, didn't tell him before they did it as a surprise, just as a rib. I was like, what a bunch of assholes. Like, (laughs) Um, but what are your what are your overall thoughts of WrestleMania 12? And we'll move on to uh, talk about some other stuff. Uh, let's start with you, Shelby. I think it was a, a good a good show. Um, only I think six matches, which is refreshing in a day where WrestleMania is almost seven hours long. Yeah, um, I totally agree with that. <laughs> I feel like that's going to get like a communal like yes. Um, I in. I, I say I enjoy the backlot brawl. Um, I love Roddy Popper and Goldust. Boy, that was real. When this, yeah, I, I was three when this when WrestleMania 12 was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, God. <laughs> oh, I felt it. Dear God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think say you were watching live then, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I wasn't. But um, I, I wonder, Trey, you said that you were watching it live on pay-per-view. What was um, it like when the white Bronco scene started? Was <laughs> when the what scene happened? <laughs> when the, when the, the white, white Bronco. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as a kid, I mean... You, I you know what the, that is, right? Yeah. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah. It's the whole OJ No, thing. not you. I'm talking... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yes, I do know. I do know what okay, it is. Okay, I just want to make sure. Is, man. Yeah. I, and I'm sorry, I wasn't calling you ignorant or anything. I just want no. to make sure that... Well, I mean, I it was before she everything. was a, yeah, she was a baby, so. <laughs> she was three. Oh, was yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, to me, I was, um, see, 96. I think I was in sixth grade. Um, it was just kind of like, you know, I just kind of looked over my brother who was a little bit older than me, my stepbrother, and we just kind of rolled our eyes, you know, and just kind of smiled like we knew what was going on, you know. And come to find out, listening yeah. to all these podcasts that have been out here lately, um, they had planned. This is on the Bruce Pritchard podcast. Credit uh, something I was to ask you heard this. He talks about yeah. how they tried to get an angle uh, in a match together with OJ Simpson and Ronald Goldman. A- am I right on that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. can you believe that? And this is yeah. this is pre Attitude Era. This would have been, I mean, just earth shattering. I mean, I feel yeah. like. The I feel like life itself and culture itself would be different today if that had came together. I, I mean, the child had just ended in oh, the fall yeah. of '95. There were been terrible feelings, and right. I mean, obviously he knows in his heart that, and he thinks in his heart, or whatever that uh, OJ did it. I can't say or nay. I I believe he did. That's just my personal opinion. But um, yeah, that that would have not turned out well. I don't think. I don't care how much money you threw well, on it. I actually just heard this podcast this week, 
the one that you're talking about where they're talking oh, about great. that. It was the the uh <clears throat> the one with Vince Russo when they were talking about Vince Russo in the WWE. Bro, bro. Vince Russo suggested well Of course he did. How, how is Ron Goldman gonna do against uh uh OJ and and he was like, Oh bro, we could just give him a gun. We can give him like a machete or something. Oh yeah, yeah that would that would have worked out. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding? And I mean, this is before, like but, you said, this is before the Attitude Area. There is no weapons matches or anything like that. Yeah, Attitude Area, they pushed the envelope, and they even brought in Mike Tyson after he bit off somebody's ear. But this was pre-Attitude Era, and this was like, well, bro, I got an idea. Let bro, me listen. <laughs> Let me put it in context for you because this is something that isn't wasn't on the network, but the free for all had the huckster and the nacho man with billionaire Ted as the special guest referee. Oh Oh my that was during that time. Yes, I remember that. I look forward to that. That was the thing I looked forward to the most on Money Night Raw at the time, besides Brett was the Hawkster, Ted the Billionaire or whatever, and the Nacho Man and Skeen Gene. I just wanted to see what kind of shot they were going to take at WCW that week because WCW was starting to come on strong. And they were still winning because they were still more of a familiar name. But at the same time, they might have, like, shot themselves in the foot. Like, here's our uh, older stars or, or, you know, our big stars. They're over here on TNT. Uh, I mean, they broke their own rule. Yeah, number one never mentions number two. Yeah, and and they never did in the nineties or the eighties. They always talk about how during that time that they never like you'll hear on podcasts. Oh, we just we just put our head down heads down and we went to work, but you didn't because like like when when AEW started. Everybody was like, oh, or will WWE mention them? Will they not mention them? Blah, blah, blah. And they said, well, we didn't mention WCW, so why would we mention AEW? And I'm, but you did mention them, like, inadvertently. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I, they've always took shots at each other. I mean, Vince bought out all the territories. He uh, ran shows Survivor Series on uh, Starcade night. We've we've touched on that on the old school yes. podcast, and they've ran Clash of the Champions on WrestleMania five. Uh, the night Sting was uh, went went the distance with Flair. I think they had to draw that one. Flair didn't put over Sting until Great American Bash a little bit uh, a little bit before he left. He was around a little bit longer, but um, what are what are your overall? Is there any other match that sticks out? The only thing that sticks out to me. Uh, was the fact that Triple H tried to have a conversation with the Ultimate Warrior in the back, in the back, speaking of behind the curtains, and he tried to tell them, um, "Look, hey, this is." They tried to work out a match, and Triple H goes over some stuff, and Warrior's like, "Fuck that! Hit me with your finisher, I pop up, I beat the shit out of you and pin you in you know like a minute or two. Uh, so I found that interesting, yeah. especially now knowing where Triple H is at on the pecking order. And it's probably going to be his company basically one day. So I just I just always found that very interesting, and that Triple H was 
you know, the one that brought Warrior back for the Hall of Fame and everything. I, uh, talk about just kind of swallowing your pride on that because I know he was pissed about that for years. Well, sure. Um, yeah, Warrior was very difficult to work with then. He he didn't even last very long after that. Um, no, he did not. He no-showed some house shows, and then that was it for him. Um, anybody else got any Anybody else got any thoughts on WrestleMania 12? I mean, overall, I thought it was good. Um, I, I, I've never been a big fan of the of the backlot matches or the you know the hardcore stuff. Right. I, mean, I thought that one. Well, no, you want to hear the uh, you want to hear the crowd react to something like that, and you can't really hear the crowd. And you react do. To that. You know, I was I was at least thankful that they finished it in the ring, yes. which I thought was good. Um. You know, I thought I thought Austin and and Savio was a good match. The crowd uh, the was good, yeah, it was it was good, but the crowd and, and they were well, but but again, they were still getting used to Steve Austin at this point. He didn't have his full he didn't have his full persona at this point. Yeah, and they were if still you really think about actor. It. Yeah, he he was actually yeah. he was announced as Stone Cold Steve Austin. I was like, whoa, he was. No, he was, was a little bit before. I, I think, have that note. Down. He was about to ditch. But, Teddy but, the, but the King of the Ring is not until '97. No, 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 so no, that's, no, 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 so no, no, his, no, no, his whole. No, not '96. It's just later that year that Steve Austin wins the King of the Ring. '97 Triple H won. Okay. Okay. No, I'm, but but I'm yeah, like, true. you're getting there. You're '96. This right here, it just WrestleMania 12 seems year, light years away from the Attitude Era, but really. Starting around the end of '96, you started to see the attitude here with Steve Austin's character, and then with you know with the Sean and DX a little bit later in '97. But you started to see it a little bit towards the end of '96. I was going to say Shawn Michaels to me started the Attitude Era. I wouldn't argue with that. I'll go with Austin because he's the first guy. I mean, I certainly I remember, see how you make that point. I just remember Austin being the first guy that would actually say ass or, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, I, I just remember being in an interview with Brett, and he's just like, how about this? Uh, put the letter S in front of hit, man. You got exactly what the hell I think of you. And just like, you know, stuff like that. Like, whoa, I've never heard a wrestler just, you know, or I'm going to whip right. your ass kind of deal. You might see players do it every once in a while when it's like a big built-up program, but for the most part, wrestlers didn't cuss. And I just remember Brett's reaction was just classic. He was just like, it's almost like he didn't know how to react to it at first. But um, Austin, man, he kind of kicked it off, I think. Uh, later DX, I would say. But um, I don't know, Austin... Just his rebel attitude. Logan, what do you think kicked off the attitude there? Well, I, I think it has to go to Austin, uh, especially the Austin 316 promo. Uh, directly Which was in 96, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, was, I, was, I mean, that has to be the That he was taking a shot at the, at the Bible and, and this heroic um, – character of jake the snake who had who had just uh was a christian man and had turned his life over to god and i was just like oh i can't believe they wouldn't let they wouldn't book jake the snake to win this i was mad as a kid um but i just i i was floored with that interview though after he won it i was like oh my god what an asshole 
But at the same time, I was like, man, this guy's pretty cool, though. <laughs> yep. The snake freaked me out. The snake <laughs> freaked me out. Damien had me all kinds of snakes. I didn't like oh. the snake. I was like, what's he going to do with the snake? And I was always afraid that he was going to get the snake to bite somebody or... Like Macho somebody. Man? Which did happen a few times. Yes, Macho Man. Uh, he, yeah, Macho Man. That's freaked me yeah. out. Now, this is when I first started, around the time I first started watching wrestling. And I catch this, and I'm just like, whoa. And then I go to see my first match live at the Dalton Trade Center, um, Jake the Snake and Macho Man in a steel cage match, and I just thought it was the greatest thing ever. Awesome. I went, I actually went to Eddie. What's that? I said that may have been the greatest thing ever. It was, man. I, mean, it, I didn't see that. <laughs> I still remember it, and I was like, I can't, I was like seven or eight, something like that. I it's barely, but... Remember that? That and the Mountie and uh, the Big Boss Man. Somebody had took an uppercut and spit something out of their mouth and it landed in a kid's eye and they had to, they were over there tending to the kid. That's that's how I remember that one. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and I remember the redneck in the crowd. Uh, Eddie still remembers it to this day too. That's my uncle that took me. He says, <laughs> he goes, listen to this, Andrew. He says, Hit him with your nightstick, boss man. If he don't like it, hit him again. <laughs> he said that like four or five times within the match, too. I'm like, oh man, God. he heard you. Add to this, y'all. Oh. I, I graduated <laughs> high school with Trey's Uncle Eddie, so just so y'all know, that's, <laughs> that's why he directed that one at me. <laughs> I can hear him say it. We have the redneck in the audience with us at Southern it's Casey. <laughs> oh, man. He threw out Casey under the bus. Okay, yeah, he kept standing up that last one. Those guys behind us were getting pissed off. They're like, hey, hey. And I'm oh, like, I tried to get his attention. Casey, I couldn't get his attention. I was like, oh, well. And then those guys finally just like, hey, hey, man. We pay good tickets. We could pay good money for this. I'm like, you pay $10. Shut up. <laughs> Ridiculous. That's all right. We'll be we'll Jake be front and center it, for the man. next show. Well, he, he's almost as entertaining as what's in the ring. Okay. So who who who? Okay, who checked out? We we watched all out over here Saturday night uh, with a bunch of people. Did anybody catch? This started to happen. I just grabbed my phone real quick. Did anybody catch Casey and Brody's little after Casey beat Brody in fantasy? It was just I don't know. It was magic to me. It was so funny. And then the deadpan over to Terry, who doesn't give a shit about fantasy or promos. <laughs> he just, I was just looking like what the fuck. <laughs> Jerry don't care. Hashtag Jerry don't care. Well, I know, Logan, I know you still okay, you you were front and center there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a good time. We we had a lot of fun, especially with the the later podcast. Yeah, when fantasy and, uh, scores were coming out, it's like, okay, well, we this match will really decide who wins this, and it's like, okay. Summer was over there a little bit nervous. <clears throat> I'm ready for I think he was. 
I'm ready. I'm ready for Shelby or Professor Stone or DC or mm, trying to think is uh, maybe Nicholas Dunn, maybe to to dethrone one of these champions. Uh, Jr. is fine, but Jr. has held that belt for a very long time. Jr. has had it since we were wrestling marks, so he's had it for close to a year. Sorry, say that again. I said I think it's a it's affixed to him at this point. The belt is affixed to him. Oh my God! Like oh, he, don't have to worry about that because uh, he. That's going to take place as soon as uh, me and Stacy take out him in summer, and we get our shot. Hey, I'm here for it. Y'all do it. Y'all go for it. Well, I'm just, summer out. just. So look, summer is best for business. Let's let's. Fa- <laughs> Um, I kept thinking, like, well, man, it'd be really nice if uh, Stone won the belt. He'd probably put it out there at the cigar shop, or Daryl will probably you wear it. right, I would. And, 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 DC, <laughs> and DC would probably be an awesome champion. He'd take it to the shows and everything. But Summer is like daily promo. And whether it's good or not, which they are good, uh, if Summer's listening, I like his promos or whatever. They are, whether they're car wreck good or just good, either way, I'm I'm tuning in. I can't help it. It's like, I can't look away. I got to watch. Who is he insulting? Such a wonderful car wreck. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of them are. <laughs> some of them are. I, and let me give props to this guy because I, I didn't tell him, but uh, Brody put out to me because his are super cheesy sometimes um put out a really good promo like right before he faced casey and fantasy uh saturday night so yeah he kind of put himself out there i'm talking like jacket with no shirt on and all that good (laughs) oh my god and that was like okay i'm watching this like car wreck you know but then i was like whoa like man like he really gets into it like he's actually not that bad like (laughs) <laughs> oh my god. The last one the last one that I cut, I um was trying to it channel my channel my innermost Ric Flair and I take my sunglasses off and almost stab myself in the eyeball with the end of my sunglasses. I <laughs> 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 no, yours are good. Yours are believable. That's what I like is when it's believable. Like you and JR JR it's like if I was just hanging out with Jr., that's how Jr. would be. You see what I'm saying? Like I like those. Mm-hmm. And and Summer's got. Well, if you hang uh, out with Summer, he's kind of cocky like that anyway. So his goes good. And Logan and Casey's are just to me like comical, and I just love watching. Like what are they gonna do to entertain me next? But it's it's entertaining to watch for me. It's yes, it's goofy. Absolutely, it's absolutely silly as hell. But it's it's uh, it's on our page. It's not out there for it's the fun. entire world to see, and it's it's entertaining to me. At least it entertains me. Katie, were but, you going to say something? Katie, were you saying something? No. Maybe, I no, I think Katie was talking about how she's going to do a promo next. <laughs> I'm here for that. That'd be awesome. I think I, you uh, should do something like "I'm the Farmer's Girl," and you're just kind of walking around the the farm there and. I don't know if you want to if you want to slit a pig's throat, you know, for effect. I mean, you do what you got to do. Actually, 
ring of chicken snake, whatever. I I actually I have a rooster that I need to kill. Oh, oh my god. See, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I'm a, I'm a wimp. I couldn't do. It. I mean, if I yeah, if you had a gun to my head, I guess. But no, that's that's uh that's pretty badass. I want to see it. We're gonna get kicked <laughs> off of Facebook. <laughs> Animal cruelty. Uh, it's called dinner for me and my four children. That's what that's oh, called. Yes. Yeah. And say And honestly, when you hang them upside down by their feet, they go into like this little trance, and they kind of like. <laughs> oh my god! Are you talking about your four kids? Or you talking about chicks? <laughs> 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 I kind of got lost there for a second. Hold on, hold on. If you hold the kids by their feet. They actually turn into like uh, the road runner and they kick you in the face and get away. Oh, not Vincent. <laughs> he loves it. He just sits there <laughs> on his head. My, my kids. Oh, my kids. Well, all like, the blood rushes through his head. Yeah. Well, I don't do it for long. And uh, then eventually, <laughs> I, he gets the he gets the power bomb on the couch. I mean, I take care of my son. What? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, he bit me yeah. the other day in a wrestling match, and then that's when I said no more wrestling for a while. Ugh. Well, my my daughter saw the Undertaker match with me uh, for the WrestleMania match. She watched, um, I think, uh, the Undertaker hadn't even made it to the ring yet. He was just walking down the ramp, and she like runs across the room and goes, "Is that the Undertaker?" And I'm like. My job here is finished. Ooh. Yes. Nice. That's hilarious. I love The Undertaker. I love The Undertaker as a kid. A guy can really move around for his size. Let's let's um yeah let's open up the discussion because he was part of old school and new school. And what are the biggest differences to you guys? Like to me, it's the small things. I know it might be bigger things to you. But to the control centers, the just the the overall arc of the booking where a storyline lasts for like you know months, but they don't wrestle each other every week. I miss I miss I miss jobber matches. Am I the only one that misses jobber matches? It enhances the no, talent. you're not. It enhances the talent. It builds the talent up, and then the other talent that they're going to face and they're in a feud with, guess what? They're getting built up, too, because they're just winning matches. So when these guys face each other, guess what? You want to see it. You haven't seen it a hundred times on Raw already. So just something right. like that is what, to me, is the difference between new school and old school. Yeah, you're getting pay-per-view quality matches. You have since the late 90s on these shows because uh, they're competing for ratings. Um, at the same time, my Oh my gosh! I wish we could retrain the audience. Where you got a three-hour show to fill, do most of it. Thirty minutes uh, is commercials, hour commercials. Uh, make an hour just jobber matches where you're just building up all the talent. Use local talent. That's how a local talent gets exposure. You know. Um, let's hear from Let's hear from Katie. Katie, what are the biggest differences for you? Between new school and old school, just off the top of your head. Uh, old school, the crowd was more amped for for absolutely. Uh, I guess longer periods of time. 
Right. Um, nowadays, you know, Shelby was talking about how you need like seven hours just to watch, you know, a, a wrestling. That's too much wrestling. And it's way too much wrestling. They want to try and get so many faces on the screen, and I'm, I mean like faces, like characters, on the screen, um, that it's almost, you know, they're forgetting the quality over quantity. Yes. And they're doing quantity over quality. And you can't I mean, miss if something if it's never there, gone. Right. And if I had to sit Exactly. If I had to sit there and be super amped and super excited and, you know, super, like, active for four hours while I'm watching this match, or these matches, I guess I should say, um, that's going to that's gonna be exhausting. I'm not going to have anything left for the main event. Right. And that's what usually happens. The crowd is usually dead a lot of times, unless it's just yeah. the main event they've been waiting on for a while. Uh, Logan, let's move on to right. you. Uh, what are your biggest differences uh, between new school and old school? Well, it's definitely the the length of the storylines that you're talking about. I mean, uh, you know, the last time that we were talking about our favorite WrestleManias and uh, the one that I brought up was uh, the one with uh, when Randy Savage and Elizabeth reunited. Yeah. If you look at every one of those matches, it – each one was at least at least three months in the making. Right. And really Macho Man Warrior happened the, it started planting seeds around almost, uh November and uh even in uh September I do believe possibly this uh, but you know originally SummerSlam was where you started peppering the the seeds for at least, WrestleMania. Yeah. At least uh, Survivor Series. At least one or two kind of hint at something that was going to happen you yeah. know, for later on. And you built for Brett and, and, Brett and Sean forever. And, and you know, you have Triple H that came out and specifically said that, you know, long storylines just don't work anymore. Well, why don't they work anymore? Because you've trained the audience I mean, a certain way. I'm assuming you're trying to attend to an ADD audience that wants everything here and now. They want to drop in and watch whenever they want to, and then they want to, you know, go away for three months and come back and know exactly what's going on. But the audience is also smarter, so I feel like they could appreciate a longer storyline. And like, uh, like with the Macho Man winning the tournament, a year-long storyline between the Macho Man and Hulk Hogan that, that climaxed at WrestleMania Five. You built it for a whole entire year where they were a tag team. There were small seeds planted uh, after the match when Hogan would pick up Elizabeth. Macho Man would look at him strangely. Like, uh, Ultimate Warrior, when he started catching fire, you knew where they were going with him. Um, he was going to be the next guy, which, uh, I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. Um, they just don't do that anymore. Um, uh, maybe we can get that with AEW a little bit, but, uh, they definitely don't do it. I couldn't tell you who's going to be, I couldn't tell you the first match for the, the mania coming up, uh, early next year. I, I just, you know, I, usually you can tell by now where they're going. 
uh, or you you were at at some some point. Uh, Andrew, what are the differences for you between new school and old school? It, it's it's the flow, whether it's the flow of a match or whether it's the flow of a storyline. It's mm-hmm. just it's missing. There's there's no there's no artistry in the ring. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've I've said this till I'm I, I totally agree with that. It is it's attempted finisher, attempted finisher, attempted finisher, kick, 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 off the top rope, attempted finisher, and it's just uh, it, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I haven't I haven't watched Raw or SmackDown consistently for the last several months, but I I would dare anyone to tell me who the current what are the current feuds going on in WWE right now, and then tell me how long they've been going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That bothers me. It's yeah. like when they did AJ and Seth early this year. I'm like, oh come on, you're gonna waste that in the summertime you could build that for a one of your big four pay-per-views or even mania like you don't want to rush something like that and then they just had seth uh beat aj clean at uh one of their b pay-per-views what what did you yeah what what did you what did you message me about the other day well i I believe i'm almost positive it was you it was the it was a spine buster that that arn did at the aew show yes that that was that was magical yeah, but but it's just you you just well, and then I saw the clip the other day. This this is one of the things about about new school, I guess, that that drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Is somebody posted the clip from this last AEW show of the, of the guy with the skateboard? I don't even know who it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so he brings the skateboard oh, out. The one guy punches it and hurts his hand, and he walks off. And then the guy with the skateboard smacks the other guy. And the other guy walks over and he bends over and he puts his hands on his knees to take a breather. Yeah. But if you watch it, he's got his head turned and he's watching the guy climb the rope yeah. with the skateboard and yeah, he is it's he's bracing himself for the move. There's yeah. there's no it's like here, I'm just there, there's no believability to that. There, you can't suspend reality here's my, here's my because you're like look at him. Yeah, and my problem with that match, I, I liked the match. I was highly entertained by the match. I mean, Logan can tell you, like, it, on just, like, uh, overall match, it might have been one of the matches of the night. Uh, every match on the card to me was pretty good, but this was, like, this was a train wreck, kind of like the car accident kind of deal. Those matches work when there's, like, a feud that's been building up for months and months and months, and this is the climax. They're going to kill each other. This is the climax of feud. None of these guys were feuding going in. This was just, hey, here's three hardcore guys that can really bring it. We're gonna put them in a match together. And that, but you know, at the same time, they don't have TV yet, so I just would have saved that match. There's no buy-in for me as a fan into that. Uh, Yeah. Go ahead. They say that they're gonna have something for every fan, and that's what I think. Yeah. I'm a fan. Mm -hmm. That's got to be what that is, but. Still, I don't mind a hardcore match, but like to me, I can barely watch um, Undertaker, Mankind, and Hell in a Cell because it's just too much for me. And that's okay; it's not. It's, it might not be too much for other people. That's yeah. fine. But I, I just remember watching it as a child, thinking, 
boy, the bar has been set, and I don't think anybody's going to, you know, go over it. Because, I mean, yeah, you, just yeah, can't, you don't beat that. You don't beat that after that. Well, that, that's what it is. We, we can, the, the business continues to try and jump the shark. Yeah, and if, if if y'all are at all familiar with that, it goes back to the old Happy Days show back in the '70s when Fonzie was water skiing and jumped a shark. Yeah, and I and draw. That. Okay, you know, and, and so leather jacket. They're 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 always trying to up something, and, and and that's not, and you don't have to do that in wrestling. Yeah, at least you you didn't Simple used to. Simple storytelling has watch. always worked in wrestling. Sure, you know you got you you had. You could go from, I mean, you had people like the Road Warriors that did, you know, that just went in and just mauled somebody, but you still loved it yeah. because it was, it was, it was believable. But then you went right back to, you know, I, I don't know, Rock and Roll Express against Midnight Express, which is a technical masterpiece. Oh, All right, before we you know? end this, before we end this, here's an interesting question, and just answer as quickly as possible. Uh, you don't have to go into detail, but um, who do you is the closest thing as far as old school that is still around? And it has to be a newer talent. You can't say Undertaker or um, an older guy that's still going. Um, let's start with you, Logan. Um, who do you is the closest thing to old school? Oh, you had to go to me first, didn't you? Um, <laughs> we haven't heard from you in a minute. Talk <laughs> slow so the rest of us can think. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, if you don't know of um, anybody, that's fine. You can say, I don't know. I don't think there is anybody. That's fine, too. I mean, there there really isn't. And, you know, the the only one that really comes to mind right now is Cody Rhodes. Because he pulls that heritage thing with the nightmare family, and uh, you know that just seems like kind of an old school thing is to have your mentors and the important people around you mm -hmm. coming out to the ring with you and you know having your back. Um, Cody knows that his bread and butter. Cody has to know that. Surely. Um, anybody? Okay, so Shelby, who do you think is the closest thing to um, old school these days? So, uh, uh, Cody has that great heritage with, with his name name recognition. Sorry, it's late. You got it. Um, but I'm going to say Randy Orton, and that just could be because Ooh, he's he's a third generation talent. He, um, his matches are kind of old really school. School. He, he, he doesn't, um, uh, he, he's very, uh, methodical in the ring and kind of slow. Yeah, moving he ring. Yeah. Thinks it out. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. his character. I don't get into, but go ahead. I, listen, I have always enjoyed Randy Orton and, uh, I, he used to make me so mad when I was a kid. Um, same with edge he used mm -hmm. to just make me mad. But um, I, I really think Randy Orton is a good one that's still active and is still in with a great tag team who is very old school, and that's a revival. Mm -hmm. I think what they're doing right now is, is really good. Well, that's a good transition so, to who I was going to pick. I, the revival to me is the closest thing that we have to, like, old school wrestling. 
uh, and they're still entertaining, but they, they add elements of new school. I mean, their Shatter Machine, to me, is kind of a newer school move, but it looks believable, and I like how they hit it out of nowhere sometimes. Uh, Katie, who, is there anybody to you that's somewhat old school that's in, you know, that's that's wrestling today? Um, this is a yes and a no at the same time. Um, Roman Reigns. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because he'll stand in the middle of the ring and he'll call somebody out. And he'll he'll use a lot of dialogue, and not a lot of new wrestlers do that. But he he does it pretty effectively. Well, what about his in ring though ability? Do you think that's old school? Like, do you think the way he? Re- I mean, See, I think some there is there is pretty, some there is some the merit to him as as far as an old school wrestler. He sells a lot of the match like a main baby face would, and then he comes back for his win, and his in his typical moves and stuff. But um. I mean, do you? Uh, what are your opinions on his in ring? Um, that's like that's kind of where my no is for him. Like, yeah, I, like this character is old school to you, but yeah, yeah. But it's it's like his his in ring style. I I think. He needs more time to develop, and I think he needs some more time to um, come up with a with more of his own individual story, as opposed to being a part of um, um, the, shield. the shield. Yeah, the shield. Thank you. Yeah, I couldn't think of the word. Yeah, he, he isn't involved as a character for me. Like he's still wearing the same getup as he did the shield. He still has the same music as in the shield. And the other guys from the Shield kind of did their own thing, have their own characters. But um, Romans is kind of like, well, I mean, why is he still wearing the SWAT gear stuff? And I don't know. But let's let's move on to uh, before we end this. Let's get Andrew Stone's thoughts. Is there anybody around to you that can fit the bill of old school? I think you see flashes of it with a revival. Um, I may surprise you with this one, but I think you see flashes of it with New Day. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. No, I, I I agree with Andrew on that. I mean, Revival just off the top of my head. I, sometimes I can get invested into a AJ or Daniel Bryant match, and it's just like I'm just I'm hanging on it. And I used to do that with John Cena matches. I didn't really realize it until Cena was gone. It was like, man, I whether I hated him or I, I wanted to see him lose. I was very invested in a lot of his matches. I mean, <laughs> and, and I think if they would if they would let him, and I'm actually gonna I'm gonna name two on this, and I know that that I'm probably get some some pushback on on at least one of these, but I think if they would allow them to a little the more freedom, I think you could get it from Bray Wyatt, and I think you could get it from Braun Strowman. Yeah, I, I'm not saying they they have it. But I think you could definitely get it, especially when you consider Bray Wyatt's pedigree. Right. Yeah. Yeah. With his dad being IRS or Mike Rotundo yeah. or uh, Michael Walsh. Yeah. I can't remember how many names he's had. <laughs> and um, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Bray, I think your your um, when he when his new character came out, it's almost like it's. Uh, 
um, <clears throat> appealing to an older audience in a way because of how dark it is. Oh, I, I was I was fired up hoping that we were gonna you know they were gonna see see some throwback stuff uh, that yeah. hasn't really played out yet. But I'm still I guess I'm still stupidly optimistic. Well, he's got and here's the thing, and you know why right. why fans are invested in his character right now because he's got layers to his character. He's got demons. You yeah. don't know about his past yet, but he's he's giving you hints here and there and he's and he's you know, he's got layers to his character where as a lot of these guys that are struggling to get over, they don't have layers to their characters. I can't even think of anybody besides Bray Wyatt who on the WWE roster that is that that has layers to their character. Uh, I mean, am I wrong? Right. Can anybody uh, disagree with me and argue with me on this? Is there anybody else that has layers to their character? Well, all right I have now? is, too, uh, yeah. you know, the thing about it is, is that where they've started with him, how long ago was the first episode of the Funhouse? Right, and they built right that. See, there, that Brown goes back to what we were long. talking about. Yeah, long out of story. That's why fans are... That's why fans are digging it, because it's... Go ahead. Fans are eating it up, and then they're coming out and saying, long storylines don't work. It's your top... I mean, you even own the Funhouse this week. You're feeding Vince McMahon dollars bills. You know this yeah. is money. It's, why are you not doing this with other okay, characters? Is he, he going to be in a match with Rollins and Strowman? Did I see that on the page right? Whichever one is the champion see, after class. I don't want to see that. I, want, I think you can milk this longer. You can put more uh, gas on the fire, and you build them and build them, and then you have them take out some more legends, and then you well, have them They could the build out – I mean, but, but that's just not what they do. I mean, my God, this is an eternity for them, this storyline. Yes. I wish they would have this crap on the Twitter, and maybe you have. Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman fighting in Hell in a Cell. And maybe you pull an old sort of Undertaker storyline where you have Bray come out either maybe up under the ring or something like that to sort of a, to build that. You don't just announce it on Twitter. Hey. Yeah, I don't yeah, really exactly. want to see Bray. I would like, like to that, see Bray in the title picture summer of next year because I still think you can just keep building them and keep building them to where – he, if he's in the main event it's against a Brock or yeah Brock Lesnar or even a Seth Rollins, well, damn, you want to see what's going to happen. They have good kickoff for a long time. Well, I mean, if he goes over though, I'm I'm I just think that it's, it's about time for Brock to start putting people over. Um, he's not getting any younger, and I'm a Brock Lesnar fan, but it's it, it's been time. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I at the same time, I didn't know if I liked SummerSlam's result, the way they had Rollins go over. It was just a clean win, and uh, I don't know. They they could have got a little more I creative think, with it. I think it would help Brock tremendously if they had someone who looked like he could beat Brock Lesnar. No, I think Strowman Smaller can. people that wrestle. I but they killed it. They killed it with that whole Strowman Roman Strowman Roman. Strowman Roman yeah. Reigns 
Brock Lesnar thing from like two years ago or something. Oh, yeah. Like, they rushed it. Stuff. They've already put Braun and Brock in a ring it. together uh, multiple times in triple threat matches and in single match. And Brock's already beat him. I can remember when Brock beat him at, I don't know, it was a B pay-per-view. And I was like, well, there you go. All what that money down the drain. Like, you could have built that at WrestleMania and have Braun beat Brock and been the new monster. He's younger and 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 in some ways maybe more athletic um but more believable yeah they just they screwed they they screwed that up and then they were gonna redo it i'm like okay well here's your chance here's your chance oh scrap that we're putting finn balor against brock lesnar because that makes sense yeah because because braun ripped a car door off of vincent man's limo or something stupid like that ridiculous yeah i i think um how how often does WWE get new Get new what? Writers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yesterday. I think they filtered them through like water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, you have people who... Oh, did we lose it? Uh oh. Well, it is about time to end this one. We've gone over an hour. Um, this is even longer than the last one, but time flies when you're having fun with friends and talking wrestling. Um, there you go. Shelby and Logan, I want to thank y'all for being on the podcast, the host of the All Eat Marks Headlines podcast. And of course, Mr. or I'm sorry, Professor Andrew Stone of the Old School podcast. Thank you for being on here tonight, Andrew. My pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. And Katie, uh, if you're still on or we'll message you later, thanks for being on as well. Uh, And this has been the Behind the Curtain podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Later.